It is. <laughs> Hi, this is Kristen Yorka from Wild Wonder, and we are here for Finding Solid Ground. Joining me today is Misty Buck, author of Athlete Mental Health Playbook and founder president of Miss Inc. LLC. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. This will be a series of now experimental conversations where we just try to help each other find our center, find solid ground, and return back to us so we could be empowered, productive members of society. Um, and I think that's what your book does to a degree. Yeah. Is there a, why did you initially write the book? So it's so funny. Somebody asked me about that um, yesterday. Here's what it looks like, by the way. If you're visual, like you know, me and people, you might look on it. Like, let me see. It's an actual book. Um, it's not very big. It's not, it wasn't daunting. But, um, you know, I, I've always been a writer. I think that's always just kind of been my, my thing. And that's how I always, that's what I always use for healing. So, um, when I started a blog about athlete mental health a couple years ago, I thought, man, you know, like, there's a lot of good content here. And even though content lives and exists on the blog, I wanted to put it together in sort of like a, like a manual. Right. So that's how, that's why I named it the playbook. And it um, was for initially just like a free offering on the site, a few blogs kind of stitched together. And then I was like, you know what, I, I should really be more serious about this. And so I turned it into what it is and I self published and um, it, it released in May. And so, and you know, and so far it's like people are saying to me things like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize like that, like that's that's me, like that sounds like me too, or that's a different perspective. And so that's mm -hmm. really so important to me. And these are because, athletes or or just general population? Uh, well, the, the, the book targets athletes mm -hmm. in particular um, because, you know, I, I grew up around sports and in a sports family, and I learned a lot of those core values of, you know, kind of walk it off, don't cry, toughen up, that kind of stuff, which didn't really serve me so well when I was a teenager and went through some tough stuff and ended up with a pretty serious bout of depression. And then into my adult years have turned into anxiety. So I kind of really had to unlearn some of those things. So that that's why that's why the book really targets them that that demographic in particular. However, there are people who have read it who are not athletes who have found um, some of the tools and perspectives useful for them. What are the core values you think that you now have either written about or that you now embody versus the ones that you learned when you were a child? Yeah, I think being accepting of yourself. Um, you know, I was a hypersensitive kid in a family that I was kind of like, always felt kind of like the weirdo because I was always so sensitive and nobody really got it. Like, oh, there was Misty crying again. Like people, they just didn't really know what to do with me. So <laughs> I guess <laughs> just sort of learning to, oh, there she goes. <laughs> yeah. She just saw like a dead fly and now she's crying because something living died. It was like that level. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, so learning to kind of be accepting of yourself but also manage your emotions, right? So I think you can be highly sensitive and you have to learn how to how to manage those those emotions. So core values of just acceptance, um, but also taking responsibility to learn how to to manage all those things and choosing perspectives that are that are healthy and um, and just understanding that, yeah, you know what, life is tough and things are gonna happen and there's a way to deal with it and at different ages and different stages of your life that might change. Like it might look different. So something that works for me as a kid or in my twenties is not going to work for me at almost 40 years old. So, 
Um, I'm a different, you know, I've evolved. I'm different. So um, those are, those are some of the. Are also different eras, you know, seasons of life. Right. I mean, I don't know that it necessarily goes by age, but we could call this coronavirus a season of our life. Right. Correct. (laughs) And there's things that have served us up until now, but now we're at a place that we've never experienced before. And so we need new tools. Are there, are there any tools maybe from your book or from your life specifically that have served you during this time? So I personally use a combination of, um, of tools. And honestly, it depends on the day. It was that way before the coronavirus. And it is even more that way now, because I might wake up one day feeling one thing and in one kind of mood. And um, I need to do something kind of adjust, like take things out of my toolkit that are different. In other words, Mm -hmm. Um, the things that really work for me personally is I like being physically active. So when I'm not, I notice how I feel, I kind of feel like down, I feel like slow versus if I force myself to get outside and even if it's just a walk, right? So not even like a hard workout, but just a walk where maybe I listen to a podcast or a favorite um, artist, you know, they're, they're an album or a playlist or whatever it is, whatever it is that I feel is going to feed my soul that day, that's, that's what I do. But those are like tools that I developed, right? So I know like if I don't work out, I'm not going to feel great. So even if I don't feel like it, I, I need to do it because that's what sort of opens things up for me and, and works things out. You know, I know again, so it just kind of, it just kind of depends. So on it the changes, right. I mean, I, I guess for me, I wake up and some days I'm like, Ooh, I need to like throw some weights around another mm-hmm. day. I'm like, no, I just need to be in my body and like do some gentle yin yoga and just be here and feel exactly. it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Some days might be like, you know what? I need a nap more than I need <laughs> to go to the, go to the gym or do my backyard workout or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, I just, and I have to tell myself, you know what you do, I deserve this. And I think that it's also a form of it. acceptance, right? I yes. mean, t- like we tend, especially in this culture to be very driven and forward moving mm-hmm. and, you know, all those old school va- core values of like, don't cry, keep going, keep pushing forward. And I think it seeps into our system to a degree that we have to accept ourselves, even when we just want to like curl up into a ball and cry. And that's okay. That's what we're doing today. Exactly. (laughs) And I've had those days. I'll be really blunt. I mean, I'm very, I'm very transparent. There's been days that I sat on the floor during this instance started and I just cried because I just needed to do that. (laughs) You know, sometimes you need to pick yourself up, but you know, I actually just wrote about that this week and um, I sent out a monthly, a monthly, a weekly mm-hmm. mental health email on Mondays. And that was the message this week. It was, you know, I had a friend that was talking about, oh, you know, I should really be grateful. I shouldn't be so frustrated. It was like this really stupid thing, like the wrong thing got delivered mm-hmm. to her house or something like that. And she's like, I should really be grateful. I shouldn't be so bratty. Why am I so upset about this? Why am I so annoyed? And it was like, you know what? You kind of have to, things are different right now. And you have to just sort of accept those emotions because I believe that if you don't, that emotions are energy, they're going to go somewhere eventually anyway. So you can't just really bury it. So you really need to be aware of and respectful of and honor your emotions and how you're feeling. And there's also, I think I read the the email and it was great. And I, yeah. I was thinking about the um, societal expectation to present yourself as happy all the time Mm -hmm. because we don't want to burden others with our harder feelings. 
Right. And as I've traveled, I realized that's a very American thing to do and not bad or good. We have that's a very good quality to want to like share your happiness and your love with another. It's detrimental, I think, when we, we do it in spite of ourselves. Right. We're having a hard day. And instead of being like, you know what? I'm having a hard day. You're like, I'm fine. Everything's great. My life is beautiful. Look at my yeah. highlight reel, you know? And, like, <laughs> and then yeah. that becomes that disconnect, right? We lose our connection to our own emotions, our physical body and all that. And it's like this big fish, vicious loop, um, which may, brings me back to knowing how do you know the days where where you are emotionally and what that what your body and your mind need each day so I, I've done a lot of work to get to know myself so I think unless you do the work to take time to self-reflect and be honest with yourself first and foremost about like ah man I, I, I shouldn't feel this way or I can't feel this way those are things that I think you kind of got to get rid of right mm -hmm. so um just being honest and saying like, okay, this is how I'm feeling in this moment. I mean, I'll even ask people like one of the questions in the book is about emotional intelligence. And so mm -hmm. part of that is building that is self-reflection. And again, looking at yourself. So uh, even a silly question, like, okay, if I was an emoji right now, which mm -hmm. emoji would I be? So just sort of like ch having that time where you check in with yourself and you say, okay, or like, you know, you know, you get to know yourself, you do the work, you know, your triggers, right? Like, okay, so this always puts me in this kind of mood. So let me, you know, prepare for that. Or, you know, we've had the conversation too, where um, when you contributed to my blog a couple of weeks ago about how your practice, your yoga practice in the morning allows you to space to realize emotions that come up that you're like, okay, this is how I'm feeling today. Let me adjust my day accordingly. And that's perfect. And as far as the work that you've had to do personally, just um, if you feel comfortable, can you name some examples of some of the inner work you've done? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I started, first of all, I like to sit, tell, like to be really open. I've never studied psychology. My degrees are not in that. They're actually in communication and in English. So I have not studied that formally. I'm always really careful about that. But what I do the stuff I write about and the stuff I talk about is stuff that I've lived. Mm -hmm. So as a teenager, I did go through, like I said, depression and I did start working with a therapist. And so that kind of started helping me learn a little bit more about, um, about, you know, like kind of self-reflection mm -hmm. and regulating emotions and all that kind of stuff. And it sort of just evolved. So for me personally, my greatest tool without a doubt along the way has been writing. So journaling, mm -hmm. just kind of like letting things out um, and I like to practice just sort of like an automatic writing exercise, which is where you're not thinking about what you're going to write before you're going to write it. You just right. let things come out. You write until there's nothing else to say. Then you can stop. You can reread. You can judge whatever. So that's that's been one really powerful tool for helping me figure things out. And that's how sometimes I gain perspective, too, is just through through writing. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Just having that that inner dialogue. So traditional therapy, which I think is highly underrated. I think there's such a stigma around even speaking about it. Like if you go to a therapist, you like there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think more and more people can benefit from regularly or as much as possible, as financially possible, seeing a therapist. Um, I did EF emotional freedom technique mm -hmm. therapy when yes. I had a, a bout of depression about five years ago. And it was excruciating, <laughs> but it was the biggest pivot of my life you know I could have 
it was one of those forks in the road where you could keep going down this way and we know where this way leads. It leads to more sadness, more disconnects, more striving for no reason, or you could see, you could dig deep and go the other way. Right. I think healing is always uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that it is. I think everyone, you know, everyone has challenges that are unique to them. Everyone experiences those challenge different challenges differently because of your own beliefs, your own personality, all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's uncomfortable to face those parts of yourself or those limiting beliefs or to think like, man, like these are the parts of myself that I don't like, or I don't like when I feel this way and taking a look at that. It is not easy it takes it takes courage and it takes patience and but it is so rewarding because you know we have this phenomenon that i call being comfortably uncomfortable where mm-hmm. i think most people would rather sit they're more comfortable just sitting with the status quo they're really not comfortable in the status quo but they're more comfortable there than they would if they were to do the work to push past mm-hmm. those things that aren't that really aren't working for them and that might be holding them back from more peace and clarity in their life and I, I think part of the system of that is this supercharged capitalism, right? Like everybody has to keep going. They have to keep consuming. They have to keep doing because if they settle enough to really feel into these things, it's really uncomfortable. And we're not at a place in society where we are accepting of that necessarily. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot in um, people that don't want to do meditation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why? You know, I've taught a class and it was free at a gym and I was like 20 minutes of meditation just come sit after your practice and everybody would be like no 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 I don't have the time I don't have the time but then right. I see them like all talking in a corner <laughs> not going anywhere I'm like do you not have the time or you really don't want to so there is this fear of facing ourselves and the choices we've made and who we are I think there's also a fear of stopping all the doing and realizing and not realizing there's nothing there but the fear that there might not be something there or who they thought they were, or that maybe they discover something that's gonna, that they know, right, subconsciously is gonna change the trajectory of their life so dramatically that they are not willing to risk the, the sitting down or the introspection or the therapy or any of those things. So we've kind of built this society that just keeps going, right, in, right. in a comfortably uncomfortable way. Exteriorly, you could say we're very comfortable, but inside there's a gnawing feeling. We have this pressure to, I think, do more, be more, be seen more. Social media has amplified that Mm -hmm. even more, um, which is actually, that's that's my other business that I've had for 12 years Mm -hmm. is social media marketing. So I really have seen it there. But, you know, you you see a lot of people, and this has happened to myself, um, where I've taken on too much. And sometimes that happens because I'm afraid of missing opportunity. And sometimes that happens because I'd rather be distracted than yeah. to really hone in on what it is that, that I want to work on to get to where it is that I want to be. So I had to make those realizations as well. And what a time to want to be distracted, right? Like, <laughs> can we not yeah. do this? Like, are we done yet? Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally. think that's when we really have to commit to these tools, right? Because it's not what we want to do. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, the number one thing is just stop comparing your journey to somebody else's. So, you know, somebody might be thriving through this coronavirus and maybe they're starting a business and they're making more money than ever or whatever. And then you have somebody who was doing those things before, but now they're on a tougher road or they got there, but they have a loved one who's been sick with this. Everyone has a different journey. And so I think just saying, reminding yourself, you know what, like, this is my journey. This is personal to me. This is even my spouse's journey. This is my kid's journey. This is nobody's journey, but my own. And let me be, um, you know, respectful of that and mm-hmm. stop comparing myself to anybody else because it's, it's really none of their business, right? Yeah. It's, it's, your, it's your business. <laughs> and it's, it's a form of compassion and empathy for yourself and others. Because right. I, I mean, I try not to go on social media anymore, even because of this, especially, but the, not only comparison, but the judgment back and mm-hmm. forth, you know, mm-hmm. or the need to explain what it is they're doing at this time. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to like get a landline and get a newspaper <laughs> mailed to my house. Like I'm right there. <laughs> I hear you. I totally hear you. It's really hard because you know, you're always connected. And I think that's another piece as we talk about self-reflection and making time, you know, having this constantly by your side. Oh, let me check on this and let me check on that. And let me think about this. Everything is so instant, 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 instant. And so we put so much, um, time and priority, you know, on that for various reasons. But I think just having the time to slow down and giving yourself that permission. So whether it's like, okay, once a week, come hell or high water, I'm taking a bath for an hour. And like, if you have a crate, like you have, you have ah, I don't have time. I have kids. I have this. I have that. Okay. You, there's probably somewhere in there where mm-hmm. you can find a little piece of time that you can just, and let things go. Um, so where do you sit now on the, so there's these two camps, I feel, or at least that's what I've seen online. There's the camp that says we need to stay scheduled during this whole thing or we're going to lose our minds. And then there's the, the camp YOLO that's like, oh, fuck it. Everything's going to hell. Let's just do what we want and like right. let's go with the flow and breathe. Are you, do you gravitate in your personal life toward one or the other? Or you, it's kind of changes like day to day. It changes all the time. So, but for me, I, let me say this before this started, I, I'm somebody who needs structure and a schedule, but when I have too much structure and too much of a schedule, I'm also unhappy. It's like, yeah. I'm full of Pisces, like swimming in both directions. It's always that way. So, <laughs> so, but what I found is, um, like, I'll be honest, the book got published because I had more time at home, not necessarily more time because business has been very busy, but uh, thank God for me, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's crazy. But you know, it's a time to think like, okay, I'm not running from literally running from appointment to appointment right. to appointment with a crazy schedule that's set literally Monday through Friday with like, boom, 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 boom. So I had a little bit more time to put on focus on getting the book published. And I had you know, time to do things like that. So my schedule, it has sort of changed. It's evolved um, month to month, sometimes even week to week or day to day. Um, And I try not to be too rigid with it. So I guess I kind of, as usual, live somewhere in the middle between the two Mm -hmm. things where I try to like, you know, yellow and like, let me just have this time to myself, but also, okay, like I need to, let me use this to be productive as well. Yeah, I'm highly structured. And I think at the beginning of this, I did this whole mastermind thing and then I was fired up, you know, like I'm waking up at 530. I'm going to run four miles. I'm coming back. I'm showering. I'm going to start my work. I'm going to do my practice. 
And I was a miserable human being. Like, uh, like I was no good to anyone around me. You know, I was so into my thing and trying to get everything done that it just didn't work. So it's been a constant kind of test. It's like a scientific experiment of like what I could do day to day. But I have felt that at least if there's a shell of a structure, mm-hmm. but I feel better day to day because then otherwise it's just like being in a time deprivation t- chamber, right? You don't right. have anywhere to go. You don't have anywhere to be like time doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so it is a balance. Um, totally. Do you feel that you were doing something at the beginning of this crisis that was working for you that now is no longer or in this season, it just doesn't work? Um, like if it was a practice or a tool or a way you went about your day, you know what I, what I was doing a little bit, the one thing I think that's different and it's not for any particular purpose. It just was when this first started, the weather was much nicer out here in Miami. It wasn't quite as hot. (laughs) That's true. And I think people were still trying to figure things out. So Uh we weren't kind of settled into any kind of work routine quite yet. So, and I was also just sort of trying to keep my mind fresh. Mm-hmm. So what I was doing in the beginning is I was taking walks three times a day. So every, I would get up in the morning, I would go do yeah. a 30 minute walk in the middle of the day around lunchtime, I would go walk either before or after. And then at the end of the, and then I would do like a workout at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then my husband and I would do what we call the happy hour walk, sometimes involving yeah. alcohol, sometimes not. But <laughs> like that, that was my routine. That was my schedule right. for the first like month and a half of all this. And now um, that's not my same schedule anymore. I still try to do my morning walks. Sometimes I actually get my entire workout in the beginning of the day. Um, but um, you know, that's sort of changed because my husband back to his regular full-time schedule at work. He has been for quite some time. My clients and everybody are ready to be like back on track as much as we can normal. Um, you know, there's decisions that I've made in my business that weren't clear to me before that are clear to me now. So, you know, I always try to still sandwich, I call it a sandwich. So I try to sandwich my day with something for myself in the morning and then ending the day with something for myself, which usually has to do with some kind of exercise or physical activity um, because that's, again, that's just where I release things and sort of clear my mind. That's a smart idea. I want to go back to it and, and just reverbalize. So the sandwich technique mm-hmm. is that you do something for yourself at the beginning of your day right? and do something for yourself at the end of the day. Right. And then basically you serve others in between, whether that's to your business or your family and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've told, been really clear. I'm very big on boundaries, like really big on boundaries. And that is something that I have learned over the years to be very specific about because mm-hmm. when I don't hold those boundaries in my personal space, you know, I, I kind of to, you know, to echo how you were feeling, I don't feel like myself and I'm very agitated and this and that. So the, the blessing of being able to work from home now and sort of getting that out of that mindset, oh, you have to have an office and you have to go in the office to be productive. I've had to, you know, I've worked through changing that. But um, I'm so big on my boundaries because I know I can't do anything for other people if I don't like I legit if I don't take care of myself first. It's not just like, you know, a saying on a bumper sticker like that's for real. That's for real my life. And that's how that's how I think a lot of people are. So I'll have people that say, oh, can you make this networking call at seven o'clock? No, I can't. Yeah. You know, can you do this? Can you talk to have have another have a business call or conference call with me at 530? No, I can't because that's when. 
I'm like, there's, there's a certain time of day that I will start in the morning accepting mm -hmm. appointments and calls and all that. And there's a point where I end it because, and sometimes I do make, I bend it a little bit, right. but I have told people like I'm doing this one time. This is not going to be a habit where we're doing this every week. Yeah. And just straight up, like, this is my boundary. I give so much of myself during the day to other people in various ways. Um, I, I need it. <laughs> no, I get that completely. I tell my daughter every day, she's like, why do you have to meditate every morning? I was like, because if not, I'm a mean mommy. <laughs> do you want to be mommy? <laughs> no. So That's that it. is sacred. That Nobody's touching that. That needs to happen. Yeah. The same with like my alone time at night, reading a book. It could be something mm -hmm. as simple as 15 minutes, but I need it. Exactly. And that's a, the time thing I think is so important because people will be like, oh, no, I don't have like an hour at the beginning of the day and an hour. I don't have that much time. All right. But do you have you can get benefits from meditation in five or 10 minutes. Right. If you're, you, you know, using affirmations, focusing on your breath, the more you do it, the easier it's going to come to you and the quicker your mind will clear. Right. right. Or you're going to find out oh, something's funky today. And so let yeah. me pay attention to this. But the same thing at night, right? So whether it's, again, you're going to take a bath, you're going to take a walk, you're going to read a book, you're going to watch a TV show that's like a happy-go-lucky thing. Stay off social media before bed. <laughs> yeah, put, like, exactly. Put your phone away at a certain time of day. Like, I've told people, before, like, I've had clients, like, text me late. I don't respond to them until the next day. I just, I don't because I believe in holding that space. And I believe that people understand it and they respect it. I've never mm -hmm. had anyone be like, oh, da, da, da. And if they did, they're not the right person for me to work with to begin with so exactly airplane mode is my friend <laughs> yeah and that's been super hard for me to learn by the way because oh, i yeah, am a people pleaser and to like the max so that i'm not saying like oh this is easy like that mm. that i had to really work through um i went through a period even through this pandemic where i had to work through affirmations on setting my boundaries even stronger yeah, I, I can feel that. I'm not a people pleaser per se, but I'm a performer. Like I, I like to be held in high regard and um, feel like I could excel at something. So if anybody challenges me to meet their expectation, like I want to meet it. So, right. Like if so, I had to undo some of that work. Like, no, I can't be at my best and fulfill my own expectations for myself if I'm blowing through boundaries that I previously set for myself and others. Yeah, it's impossible. Like it, and it, it, so it's not just like a fable, right? Like, oh, fill up your cup before you fill yeah. up somebody else's. Put your mask on before you put your kids' mask on the plane. There's a reason that those things, those things exist. And you know, I know there's a lot of people under a lot of pressure. They're caregivers or parents mm -hmm. or this or that. But um, you know, I, I think there's definitely a way to claim claim those boundaries. And as a business owner, I mean, that's been huge for me having right. having to to learn that that's been a difficult lesson yeah we're almost out of time um so i want to ask is there one thing from your book that you think is a tool people can really use right now in this moment uh that could start to shift their life experience i think um breathing breathing <laughs> I'll say that because I mean like there's so many things so like one of the chapters in there is 10 super powered mindset shift mindset shifts mm -hmm. and it goes through like just 10 different things with the perspectives and things to to adopt um but I think like literally just learning to when you feel any kind of way, right? So when your emotions are kind of swaying in either direction, you're not in the middle ground anymore, but, mm -hmm. but you're not really feeling like yourself. Just giving yourself like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to breathe. 
I'm going to create sort of like this little bubble space for me for just a few moments. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell people, I'm like, if you have to go to the bathroom in order to get that space and just hide in there, go do that. <laughs> <laughs> and just breathe, ground, reconnect, use those affirmations and just say like, okay, let me take a step back for a second. Take a few deep breaths. Let's see what's really going on here. And we approach the situation. Yeah, it connects you back to your body and that I it, circling back to that idea of introspection. If you don't know where you are in time and space, how could you step into the world in any kind of, in any kind of way, I was going to say powerful way, but any, any way at all. Yeah, exactly. And when you're somebody who like me has, has dealt with a lot of anxiety and some other, you know, like some mental health stuff, it doesn't always come again. I'm making this sound like it's such a beautiful journey, but it has, it's, it's not, it's not easy, you know, (laughs) and you have to like, and, and there's days where I'm like, but I don't want to breathe. I want to be like it. Or my head feels like it's literally like a, this huge balloon on top of my body mm-hmm. because I'm so much in my head. I'm so yeah. disconnected from the rest of my body. And so, and I'll be like, oh, but and I don't really want to because it's like, I'm just, my yeah. mind is in another like race, but I have to literally force myself. Yeah. It's just an insane amount of effort to wrangle yourself back to be able to do something as easy as five breaths, you know, <laughs> but, really, but, but like breaths where you're really concentrating on right. the breath. Right. And you're not just like, <sighs> right. okay, you know what I mean? Like, Oh no, yeah, I'll go back. <laughs> breathing fully being present. Exactly. It's so hard to be human these days. <laughs> it's, hard to be human. it's hard to be human. I think people should, if they accept that, you know, you're on your way. Um, well, thank you. Um, that's all our time. Uh, where can they get your book before we go? So the book is on Amazon. It's called The Athlete Mental Health Playbook. Um, if you check me out on um, Instagram or social media at The Misty Book, I have the links to it there as well. Um, but that's where you can get it. Awesome. Can't wait to read it. Congratulations. And thank, thank you. you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. See you very soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.